first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on. This is really awesome to have you on here. You know, I've known you. How long have I? I've probably known you for a while. I don't know. Like, we've known of each other. Yeah. You know, because you were closer to my sister's age. And so you guys went. I remember you when you were a kid. When a little kid. When you were a little kid. Running around here. Like a little little white gangster boy. <laughs> just a little bit. I love basketball. Yep. Always with your dad. Like, hooping yep. at the. He was always rebounding for you, like, at 10th Avenue and stuff. I remember seeing you there when you were a kid. I've, yeah. I mean, you've been around. I've been around for, yeah. I would say you got at least 15 probably 10, years. 15 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And were you, were you, did you go to high school with my sister? Yeah, so cause she went to Unity before, correct? Mm-hmm. And then, yep. yeah, so I think maybe her sophomore year I was a senior. That sounds about right. That's, that's when she started going to Holden, her sophomore year. Yeah. So, so, okay. Yep. Okay, I figured you guys were closer, like, around that age, so that's cool. But, so first of all, to start off, for the people that, like, don't know you at all, would you want to introduce yourself, kind of tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, I'm Weston Jones, um, born and raised in a hospital in Clinton, Iowa. <laughs> but uh, from Fulton, Illinois, for the most part, went to school over here. Um, yeah, I live back on the Iowa side now. Um, I'm just a son, man. I just am just a son of the most high, man. Um, I've spent my, probably my, the gooder portion of my, uh, cognitive existence trying to be all these things. And ultimately, uh, what I, you know, what the Lord has shown me, I guess that's the best way to put it is that I'm just a son. And that's yeah. like the best thing I the best identity I could ever be rooted Bro, in. Bro, can I tell you something about that? So uh, me and Dre, actually, Dre's in the back. Um, me and Dre and Josh, my brother-in-law, we're going through a book series right now, and it's the entire thing is about being a son of God. And we just read the other night a, a chapter of like, so have you ever said this about yourself? Because I know I've said this. Have you ever said, like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace? Like, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Like, have you ever identified yourself that way? Yeah, so... If you don't mind, I'll just, yeah, no, that's, please, because yeah. that's like, that's like my heart's cry right now is, so I grew up Catholic here, um, and to be honest with you, I think, and I, I miss my grandmother dearly, um, she was an amazing woman of intercession, um, she prayed, I mean, I can remember like getting up for breakfast in the morning when I had to stay with my dad, or wanted to stay with my dad, it just depended on <laughs> what the timing was, um, but I would get up, you know, super early all the time. And uh, she would be up before the sun, and she would have her rosary beads. You know, she was oh, yeah. a rosary bead gal, yeah. and she was just going out, going to war for the family and intercession. And I remember her; she would murmur, like you know, like ASMR. Oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I would eat special case cereal with sugar on top, um, and just listen to it. And I would get like that tingly ASMR mm-hmm. feeling, but it was soothing. But um, I truly believe that, like somebody, you know, it says that we can we can intercede for those, you know, those people that are that are not unreachable, um, you know, right. just family members, just anybody. If you if you feel helpless, you know, if you like you can't reach somebody, if God's putting somebody on your heart and you can't reach them, God's calling you to your prayer closet, exactly, yeah. and you call that person by name and you pray for them, you know, right? Um, that's where wars are won. And so uh, I th- I think that I, her I think just doing that had a covering over my family and me for a lot of my life, you know, but I always had that really religious, um, fundamental mm-hmm. of how to, you know, how to do this thing, you know, which you don't really do much. I've found yeah. it's mostly him. Yeah, exactly. It. I know? mean, you think you do, and then you realize you start to live in your life. It's like, Oh, it's all him. Right. It's yeah. like, I just do a little bit. I don't really, I, I just do the faith part of it. Yeah. I just believe. And he's like, I got the rest on like, don't yeah. worry about it, you know? And so, yeah, that's good. And so, uh, I kind of, you know, as she got older and I got a little older and started to kind of make my own decisions, like I got confirmed to the church. I was, you know, catechism, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. it was all for her, really, yeah. just out of like respect and admiration for her faith. Make her happy. 
Yeah, and it wasn't like she requested it or required it. It was just like, you know, it was honorable to do that because of the woman of God that she was. I truly believe that she was a woman of God. Like, yeah. just because she was part of this denomination. I, can I just say, I'm so sick Go of ahead. that. Yep, amen. Because, I mean, the body of Christ is like, we're, Jesus came to cause division. He says it in the word of God, but Jesus came to do that. We are the body of Christ. I'm just so sick of like, I mean, I've been asking people lately, like, you know, okay, so... If everybody's right or everybody's wrong, you know, when Jesus comes back for his bride, which denomination is he coming back for? I mean, we're all his yeah. children, but which denomination, which denomination gets to go? Yep. Some people believe this. Some people believe that. Everybody says, oh, I'm right. You're wrong. And I'm right. Just we're shut up. You know, yeah. Just shut up and hit your knees. Yeah. Yep. Just shut up and hit your knees and submit and surrender and let him work on your heart because you're having arguments that are, that are what does he tell Paul? He tells, our, or no, he tells Peter. When Peter's like, you're the Messiah, you know, you can't, you can't go to death. You know, they don't put the Messiah to death. And he says, get behind me, Satan, for your mind is on things of the earth and not on things of heaven. I mean, that's it right there. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so back to the story. So I get confirmed to the Catholic Church. I kind of depart from that. Now, growing up, my father, um, I love my father very much. Dad, if you ever hear this, I love you so much. And you're my best friend. And, um... I'm grateful for you. You've been super loving. Yeah, I know. I mean, we all have our flaws and stuff, but I, I wouldn't ask for another father. I'll put it that way. No. Um, but he's, you know, he, I've myself has struggled with substance abuse in my life. He still may, from what I understand, but did definitely in my childhood um, and was not in and out of prison a lot. Mm-hmm. And my mother actually married a fellow named Greg Hayen, who was uh, my stepfather for 11 years. I mean, he played a big role in my life. He's passed away now. Um, you know, um, God rest his soul. And so, um, all through this time frame, I've mentioned my mom's married and we have a pretty, I would say we have a good home. We don't have a God home. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I could put it. And, uh, so they get a divorce. Some not great things happened. <coughs> Excuse me. And, at this time frame, when this divorce happens, we go from, like, middle class or, you know, we have a decent amount of money. You know, I didn't want for much as a kid. We went to poverty. It was me and my mom and my nephew who was raised in our household at the time, you know. So I kind of had a little brother and nephew and all in one. And uh, we're all, you know, we're living in two-bedroom houses and we're splitting a bedroom and, and I'm getting to be a teenager, so that's not very cool. I have resentment towards my mother. She's kind of becoming my punching bag because I don't have anyone else to take it out on. And she's the same this way. And then on top of it, she's medicated. So she's a little bit um, zombie-ish, you know, in mm-hmm. her emotions and stuff. And she's just doing her best, you know, with, with the circumstance. But I remember she gave her life to Jesus. You know, she was going to church. And I remember I was like, you know, such a puke about it. Like, because I was just, there was no hope in me mm-hmm. at 13. I was angry, you know. And I remember her telling me, like, you know, Jesus, you know, I'm going to church at this church. You have to come. And then it got to the point where she was like, you're going to church. You don't have a choice. And I would resent her for that as well because I was like, you know, I want to run around on Saturday nights with my buddies. And I didn't want to go to church on Sundays. And anyway, you know, John Kirshner. John Kirshner was a youth pastor at the church that I originally gave my life to Christ at. And if if it wouldn't have been for John Kirshner going to this church, I probably would have defied my mother and not went to church. Mm-hmm. Um, John just has a father's heart. I'll say that um, to this day. He has that, um, which I craved badly. Um, he was a good friend and I could approach him and talk to him about anything. And I could be myself, you know, because I was a lot more mature than most 13, 14 year old kids. 
You know, I had to grow up in some way. Not in some ways I wasn't. Ask my peers. They'll tell you I definitely wasn't. But as far as, like, life experience and, like, the street, if you will, um, I mean, I've never been afraid to talk to an adult. Yep. You can ask your dad that. That's true. He'd, <laughs> he'd tell me stories if we asked him, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And so um, so John was really welcoming. Now, when I get, this is crazy because you're going to hear this twice in my testimony. I gave my life to Christ, uh, but... I had a contingency plan. Mm. You know, the first time around, I gave my life to Christ because um, I wouldn't say it was because I had felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. I said it, like you kind of mentioned, it was more like, okay, so I can go to heaven and, and be cleansed of this sin. You know, but when I even gave my life to Christ that first time I was 15, 16, I said, you know, I'm still going to go smoke pot and I'm still going to have sex. And I'm going to live this Project X party because yep. that was the popular movie that when I was, do, you know, yeah. I was going to party. I was going to go to colleges. I wasn't going to go to college, but I was going to go visit colleges and I was going to sleep with girls and I was going to do fun things. You know, I was going to, you know, and I had no idea what I was desiring. It's that God-sized hole, but we just didn't know it, right? Right. You know, and it's like you watch movies growing up and all these things are glorified and you like, I can't wait to grow up. So I can do all this stuff. stuff. And then the minute you get on the other side, you're like, I wish I was a kid again. Dude, that's actually so factual. And I, wow. Right now, I just think of Scripture. I just feel like the Holy Spirit's something right now. And isn't it, wow. Isn't it a privilege that we get to be childlike before the Lord now? Amen. That color gets to be restored to the world? I mean, I fully agree. That I can wake up every day with the, wow, with the, uh, the privilege. I guess I can't use another word. The privilege to give Abba Father, give, give my Heavenly Father the reins. And right. to say, I'm just going to walk thing, with you. The thing that I think about when you say stuff like that is the story in the Bible where the, the kids are running to Jesus, and the, the, the disciples rebuke him, like, I yeah, have time yeah. for you, right? And Jesus is like, let the little children come to me. Like, yeah. you have to be childlike in your faith, bro. Like, yeah. it's so, like, for it's that so is awesome. The, so that will get you, that's, that's, like, that's a requirement for the kingdom of yeah. heaven, you know? But I think yeah. of being a child, and it's like, you know, you don't worry about what the neighbors have that you don't. You know, you can be poor. You know, you can have a million toys or no toys, and you find a stick on the ground stick. that looks yeah. like a gun. And <laughs> exactly. you're just entertained for days. Exactly. You know? And, uh, you know, so it, it, every day's an adventure. That's the main thing is like you, dart, you aren't like preconceiving what is going to happen because we tend to do that. You know, like oh, yeah. I can't I can tell you what's likely to happen 10 seconds from right now, Sam. Yeah. But if Draven screams his head off here in 10 seconds, everything's going to change. <laughs> right. I can't control any of that. Right. Someone can. Yeah. We can. We, I mean, look around you. Someone can. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, so. It's just nice to get to be childlike again. But anyway, so I had all these aspirations, these things I wanted to do, and I did all of them, yeah. mind you. Yep. Um, and I was never real close. I mean, I never read the Word of God. That's a big key, people. Um, I didn't really understand the Holy Spirit. Um, I've been to a lot of churches in my life that, that definitely have not allowed the Holy Spirit yep. to move around and do its thing. They've either, so kept it, they've either kept it in a box or ran from it completely. Yep. I think we need to cover that later. I want, I want you to keep going, but I think we definitely need to cover that. that yeah. Well, kind of aspect. I'll just say this. The Holy Spirit requires a fight or flight response. Mm. When you encounter it, you either get in or you get out. Yep. It doesn't, it's a refining fire and it has no time for. You can't wait. 
No. You can't wait. There's no time to wait. Remind me to talk about the fence story too before oh, this is over. Because yes. I want to leave. I think I want to leave this podcast with that story, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna take credit for it because I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but I'll be as accurate as I can. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sure. so. Sure. <clears throat> so all that goes down by like 18, 19. I've graduated high school and I've flunked out of uh, community college. I tried playing basketball there and I ended up selling pot and smoking pot. Um, with a bunch of folks and uh, I got into the party scene I got into relationships that I was never faithful in because I didn't realize that I'd never let the Lord heal except uh, a rejection wound in my heart so it was like I could have a girl even if the girl was amazing I could have her at home waiting on me to come home with me because I lived with women at a young age I tried to domesticate and do like a marriage lifestyle with women you know I don't condone that whatsoever it's right. a huge mistake um, and I hurt a lot of people yeah. uh, just by you know, intentions are great, but, you know, a man's intention, I mean, there's a way, there's a way that seems right to a man. Yep. And, and surely it leads God to God and man are, it's different, right? His thoughts are not our thoughts. Yeah, that's exactly And right. so, you know, that never worked out, but I, but here's the thing. I found favor in my sin for a lot of years. Mm. Yep. Like I got to live like a rock star without being a rock star. And a lot of people can attest to that because if I hope somebody out there that was running around with me back then, hears this podcast and hears about the glory of God, not the glory of Weston Jones, but the glory of what God did in me. I mean, just to think that God put himself in a man or put his son in a man, you know, the son of man, it just tells me that he has a lot of faith in what can manifest in a human being. Right. And can I, can I actually touch on that real quick? You said that you were living faith. You found favor in your sin, right? And here's something I heard the other day too. Like the devil can bless you too, right? Like he can give you everything that you want on this earth to keep you away from God, right? And so you see sometimes the most sinful people, they're like, why are all these people who do are terrible people doing terrible things? Why are they getting all of this great stuff? It's like, well... Well, have you ever seen that movie, uh, God's Not Dead? Yes. In oh, the, yeah. In the end, when the son visits the mom, and she's, like, senile, right? And he's like, look at you. You're pathetic. Like, my life's amazing. Yours sucks. You know, how can you, you know, glorify God? And she, like, comes out of this trance for a second. And it's not her speaking. I no. truly believe that. That's no like, you know... But she says, you know, sometimes the enemy allows people to live in success yeah. and luxury only to realize that it's a cage with the door open always. But it's eventually doesn't know until the door's locked. Yes, exactly. sir. <laughs> yeah. So it's just and I and that was going down. I mean, I had um, I've always worked in sales. My moral compass is a lot different now than it was then. Um, but it was just sell it and so make the sold, money. You sold my parents a car, I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was an ugly car. I told your dad it was ugly. <laughs> I went to lunch with yeah. him. And, yeah. I, went to jo- I went to lunch with him and Josh, and I, he was like, you know, he sold us that Captiva. I was like, yeah, that thing was dorky. <laughs> you know? It was. It He's was. like, that's not what you said when you sold it. I said, I'm a different man than I hey, was man. then, bro. He's trying to sell it. <laughs> that's awesome, that's all. Bro. That's a great testimony to exactly who I used to be, man. <laughs> He's dead, though. He's buried out back. Anyway, so then... Uh, <laughs> So then, oh man, fast forward a little bit. Let's keep moving here. So basically, I live in this sin. I'm having all this fun. I'm doing all this crazy cool stuff that I think is so crazy and cool. And people think I'm cool. And people, you know, people that don't know yep. any better. Let me take a quick drink. I got a little you're bit good. of a cotton mouth situation. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, bro. Like I remember, you would be you'd be selling you'd be selling cars and you'd be like insur- you sold insurance too, right? Was no, it, never was insurance. Windows? Was it Windows? Yeah, like home That's improvements. Yeah, yeah, like you'd be like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'd see you driving around in a truck with like a logo. Always have a truck with yep. a logo. Yep. You know, riding like, high yep, on the hog. Some vehicle. <laughs> I'm not paying for, you know, gas card, you know, I was like, 
It was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's funny. I have not found my way back to a position like that mm. since I've given, since fully given my life to Christ because I've found that, like, some of that favor was poisoned for me. Mm. And the Lord's like, I'm not going to give you anything that isn't good for you, son. I love you. Right. You know, only positivity. Yeah, and like you can, if you want to get, you know, if your heart's spoiled and wrong, you'll say, God, why can't I have this thing I desire? And he goes, it's going to kill you, <laughs> bud. I don't want you. you to have it, man. <laughs> I want to teach you how to have it. Oh. We'll come back to it. Hmm. First, surrender your life to me and let me cleanse out your soul because it's very jaded. It's very wrong. I never intended for you to walk the earth this way. Yeah. That's a father's heart. Exactly right. Yeah. And so, oof. It's thick in here, buddy. No, spirit is here. (laughs) And so anyway, um, I'll just take you to where things changed a bit because it gets kind of sad and it gets kind of ugly. I feel like I'm telling the Joe Dirt story here Mm. uh, on the Xander Kelly show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so so fast forward. Now my partying has advanced because when you sit and smoke pot and drink for four or five years, it gets a little boring. So then you start looking at like hallucinogenic drugs and cocaine works its way into the realm. Now I'm not a, by my means, an addict of anything. I mean, I did smoke and drink and do all these things regularly for about, you know, eight years or so. Mm But I never was dependent on them. Like, I could pick it up and put it down pretty easily. Um, I could say no. Like, if I had responsibility, I wouldn't go get hammered. Right. You know, things yep. like that. Um, but I remember I was, like, on a I – I had had a really hard breakup when I was 19 because I was, like, all about me and my ego was awful. And when I didn't get what I wanted, it like, I was literally, like, I almost threatened suicide. Like, I was, like, just – I think the enemy, honestly, from the time I took a breath and for many of us – has been trying to take my life it's yeah. clear um but i so i made like i played the victim and did all that and then i walked in like a, i ran away from town and lived in davenport for a while with my one of my best friends shout out dustin bezik really really good man and uh i kind of lived down there and did what i did and kept partying and everything and just kind of licked my wounds i mm-hmm. guess is what i was doing down there um and when i had come back i'd actually found myself right into another relationship um that I really didn't see coming, and it really developed into, like, I really cared for the woman. I did, um, but I didn't care for me yet, uh, and I still had this wound, so I wasn't faithful, because I needed someone to tell me, like, I would, you know, I look at it this way now. It's like, I had this little pick-me boy wound in me, like, I need acceptance, because rejection is like, I can't handle it. I mean, I went and chose a profession where I have to get yeses from people and get them to sign things, and if I get told no, I got to find a way to get back to that yes, you know? You know, and nowadays that's not such poison for me because I have Christ in my life and I have Christ, you know, it's God in, you know, he that is in me is greater than he is that is, you know, that is in the world. But that lad, that man I'm talking about before, he lived in the world. And so I chose a profession like that. I would cheat on my girlfriend, you know, or just make selfish decisions like not coming and coming around or keeping plans or doing anything that was correct. We're living together. It's not right. It's not biblical. It's not good. Um, And so... You know, I end up uh, getting the seeing the grass is greener on the other side of the fence and kind of run with it. And I kind of tell her, like, I don't want to I don't want to be with you anymore. I want you to move out because I got all the money. You know, I've dangled it over her head. I'm a puke. And uh, so she goes, sadly. I mean, she's like, are you sure? Like, are you like I remember it? I mean, it makes me sad to this day to think about it because I was a very heartless person. And I said, yes. And, you know, the, the, 
the shimmer wore off pretty quick. It was like a month and a half, two months later. And I wanted her back because I said, oh, God, what have yeah, I done? Right. You know, and the other thing was like never good anyway. And uh, I couldn't get her back, you know, for the second time. Mm. And I couldn't get her back. And she ran and I almost pushed her into the arms of like a man she definitely wasn't supposed to be with. Oh, okay. yeah. um, and did a bunch of crazy stuff, you know. And then I, I started drinking in a new way. It wasn't recreational anymore. It was to cope. kill some woes. Yeah. You know, I, there was a bar that was down the hill from me, like maybe a three-minute, four-minute drive. I'd drive down there, and I'd get so tanked. I'd barely be able to drive home, mm. and I would, you know. And that kind of started it. And I got into this cycle of depression and drinking that lasted up until, like, just before summer, as summer was coming. And it wasn't, a, but around that, and I worked out all the time during all this. Like, that was the only thing I kind of get. I didn't have God, so I had, like, fitness was like my therapy you know and drinking and all this stuff um but i remember um we know we're i'm probably 22 or 23 years old at this point and uh kyle hubner um has the gym here in k23 fitness he's the first episode on the podcast is he really so shout out kyle and k23 fitness one of my best friends and so uh I'm in there. He had a heavy bag at the time. I've, I've boxed and, and I've trained a little MMA in my life. And I've, you know, been beat up plenty of times and beat plenty of people up <laughs> in my life. Sadly, I'm sorry if I've ever had a scrape. I, yeah, it was childish of me to even engage. I apologize. I hope you're doing well and bless you. Um, but I was hitting the heavy bag. And I think about this now. This blows my mind. Um, but first off, the Sturts family, Madison Sturts, the kids, you know, Caden, Riley, um, Cameron, they all grew up in the somewhat the same era. I'm a little older than all of them, but they in the same area. Their neighbor, my, or sorry, my next door neighbor growing up when Greg and my mom were together was um, Corrine's sister. Okay. So Aunt Brandy lived next door. So I've seen these kids, you know, they're, you know, knee high and a grasshopper to me, you know, right. but I'm, you know, they're annoying to me. I like, get away from me. You know, they're all playing outside, running around. Uh, Cameron was closer to my age, you know, but in Madison a little bit, but, um, and then through, I think about like throughout my childhood, I'd, they'd, I'd see them a lot, you know, mm-hmm. periodically, like I've see traces of them in my life always, you know, and I know that they've had their walk with the Lord for a long time and their boys were, I mean, their boys were healed by yeah, the power of God. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no defying that that happened. I mean, miracles, God still does miracles. He hasn't changed his mind about that. So mm-hmm. give him some room. Don't put them in a box. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, but I'm in there hitting this heavy bag, and I'm just tearing into it. And it was just me and Madison. I didn't really talk to Madison or know her at the time, but she's at the gym as well. It's probably 10 o'clock at night, and I'm in there, you know, and I'm throwing punches into it. And she stopped me. My back was to her. I mean, she's little, you know, compared to me, and I'm not that big, but she's just, you know, she's a strong gal, but she's a little gal. She stopped me. And I remember I turned around, and I almost wanted to be like, what, lady, you know? Right. And she just asked me three words. She said, are you okay? And I, and I cried for the first time in years Mm. and it was I saw something in her eyes that I had never seen maybe I never took the time to look into somebody's eyes that way but I looked I I level contact I looked and I seen a I saw that she had something that I never uh, she had something that's the best way I could put it and so uh she's like I don't know if you got a relationship with Jesus Christ or you know what your relationship with God is she said but we have a, 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 a it's a kind of an evangelist conference it's kind of just a thing at the Banshell and Clinton outdoors like we're just going to have church if you want to come it's you know these next few days 
Now, mind you, at the time, I had a good buddy of mine at the time that I was kind of funding our partying, and I had a bag of uh, certain drug that we were going to take into Iowa City, and some gals lined up, and we were going to go kill our woes and hang out with them and be, be kings of kings of nothing, right? Kings right. of Turd Mountain, yep. as I'll put it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Kings of the world. Yeah, of Worldly the world. Kings. Yeah, Turd Mountain. And so, <laughs> uh, uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the next day I like, that's when this thing comes up and I got these plans. I actually called him in the morning and I said, take the bag of, you know, X, Y, Z and go without me. You can have it. Bless you. You know, I don't even want it. You know, I was just, you know, depressed. I took a nap uh, because I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't work out. I was too sore. And I just took a nap, and when I woke up, it was, I think the conference started at 5 or something, or maybe 6, but it was like half an hour after that. But I drove down the dike anyway and kind of watched it, and I seen all these people. So I got out, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of had this false hope. Like, I, I saw that thing in her eyes, which I'll tell you right now was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, oh, for sure, 100%. Okay, calling me in. But I thought there was something special about oh. Yeah. The person about yeah. Madison that like, oh, this is my answer to my heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, she wants me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ego feed dork over yeah. here. This was me. Right. Yeah. And so I go there seeking that. Mm. And kind of that's where my sights were at first. I got there. First off, people are praising God in a, you know, in the way that I believe you should. You know, they're at their arms up. You know, there's people crying. There's people on their knees. I mean, there's such just total vulnerability before the Lord, which is where magic. Sorry, not magic. Don't get too religious with me. But that's where (laughs) these religious boxes. Yeah, that's where the move (laughs) of God happens, though, is in in surrender and in vulnerability, because God wants to pierce the heart. I believe that. And so. I get there and she's dating my cousin Danny. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's like, ah, not too fast, He's buddy. He's like, I called you here for me, but yeah. uh, but I didn't see that at the time, you know. So I kind of stood by them for a little bit. I started feeling awkward because I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And people are like, you know, praying in tongues, you know, oh, shout out yeah. about bullshit, you know. And I'm like, I never heard You're that like, before. I'm like, I thought this was God, not demonic stuff, you know, because I never heard nothing about it, right. you know. Yep. And uh and on the people, I'm like, these people are weird. These are weirdos. Weird, yeah. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, you know, I'm this cool thing. These people are weird. Like, I'm like the man, this is weird. Yeah. I'm part of this. What a yeah. moron. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so anyway, I kind of start, as this message starts, a man named David Craig, he's somewhere down south nowadays. Shout out David Craig. Uh, is telling his testimony, really. And as it winds down, I kind of start slipping away. Mm. You know, and if you know that lot. Between yep. Lumbergate yep. Stadium and the Van Shell, there's trees along you one can, side can, periodically yeah. where the street is, and then, and so I'm kind of like over that way, and I'm like at I'm like at a fifty foot hundred you know, between 150 and 100 foot mark getting away. And you know when you ask your parents if you can do something when you're a kid, and they tell you no, yeah, and then you're gonna ask again, but you don't wanna because you know they're gonna be like, I told you, you know, so you're counting in your head before you ask. Okay, uh, three, yep. two, yep. one. I'm gonna ask again. You know. I'm doing I'm that. I'm, I'm doing that about leaving. I'm like, okay, ten, nine, eight. Take a few more steps back, <laughs> and I'm gonna take off. And I get to like where I have the like I have the uh, nerve to do it. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna go now. Yeah. And I'm like, three, two. And David Craig goes, young man, come up here. Woo. I go, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude. I am not going up there. He goes, that's fine. He puts the mic down and he walks out to me. Oh. Now you can't hear him. But uh, I'm going to say this, 
that I want you to know there's no theatrics to this. There's no ad, um, added information. This is exactly what happened. This is to keep, we're keeping it 100. Keep it 100. Keep it, keep, keep it 100. Yes, so, yes, but no, I just, I've been a very theatrical person, but I, don't, I, I, I prayed before this. We prayed before this, and I said, Lord, I want you to speak. So this is, I'm going to keep everything very, I'm going to keep it very uh, modest, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be able, you know, there's no, mod- you know, God doesn't have to be modest. And when you hear this, you're going to hear about his glory. Um, the Holy Spirit can give you a word of knowledge about somebody, and that's for anybody that submits to it. Uh, the Holy Spirit can heal through Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit can give you new tongues. Amen. The Holy Spirit can pretty much do anything that it wants to. I know that it, you know. I know that we want to stay in the Word of God and stay, you know, remain in Scripture. But you know, God is a, a, a God of wonders and a God of the unexplainable. And so this man says to me, young man, you have been killing a wound in yourself with women and alcohol for far too long. He is no, this guy's not from here. And the people that invited me to this don't know me. You've and he says, been. and he says, you will never fill the hole in your heart with these things that you keep finding in the world. God has an extreme call on your life. He has work for you to do. And he has a huge purpose for you as he does everybody. That doesn't make me special, but I am just saying that God has been calling me for a long time. I've fought him. (laughs) He's never lost (laughs) (laughs) anyway. So, um, he says all this, you know, and he says, and you're never going to find fulfillment until you surrender. Now that I give my life to Christ per se. No, I just started going to church again, you know? Um, but at that time, the Sturtz's church was in their house, and I was going. It was very intimate. It was very family-like. Um, it was real, man. But here's the, here's the big issue I want to say. I fell again. Hmm. This is up until last October. Um, here's what, here's what I want to keep this part short, because this part is what's going on right now is more important than what was going on at that part. But I wanted to tell you guys what I came up through and what did I come up from, you know, um, I came from a yell first, talk second family. I wasn't physically abused as a kid, but my mom had a short fuse with um, behavior. I get backhanded and things like that. Mm-hmm. I love my mother very much. And, you know, I do believe in certain forms of discipline in certain you know, scenarios. Um, I earned a lot of stuff I got, I think, whether it was handled correctly or not. I definitely was a, t- a tough kid to deal with. Um, but I grew up around brokenness and pain and drug addiction. And um, I think maybe people had an idea around me, my peers and stuff growing mm. up, but nobody really knew yeah. how it Ex- really was, you know, and there's people out there that have it much worse. And this, this mess, that's what I'm trying to kind of share with you is that the reason that that part of my testimony is so important is I, if I look back, I can see people placed in my life and, and scenarios and near misses and, and just glory of God all the way through my, you from the minute that. I took a breath, I've yeah. seen the breath of God on my life always, even through all these things, I just never saw him. And then I finally did get a glimpse of him through a man who read my mail. But then I was so addicted to the, I was, I was using, I incorporated Jesus into my life. I like mm-hmm. Dan Moeller and Todd White because they talk about identity a lot. They're great identity ministers. They have great hearts for the Lord. And that's kind of one of their slogans is like, okay, you incorporated Jesus into your life instead of surrendering yours to him. Mm. I did that. And I rode the coattails of like Darren Sturtz's faith and Corey Dye's faith and people that were in my life trying to be mentors to me. I kind of rode the coats, coattails of their faith instead of going and getting some real faith of my own. Yep. 
you know, and I did, I did do something. I mean, there were phases where it was real, yeah. where I was really in right relationship with Christ. Um, but I didn't have what it took to sustain. You know, it talks about in the word of God, the soil falling on three types of ground. Um, the first one falls on the rocky soil. And, and then uh, I think, what is it? Birds come and eat it up, which is like the enemy coming immediately yep. and stealing the revelation yeah. of God from somebody's heart, which is awful. I, actually, I pray against that right now Here in Jesus bad. name. Secondly, I think is the, is the one that it falls on thorny soil, it, um, something that produces thorns. And what happens is, is you get the revelation of God and they, you know, you like, oh my gosh, I don't just have to believe in God. It's not just a nice idea anymore. I know God is real, but you never really get to the part where he gets to know you mm. and it fades. Your fire burns out. Yep. I mean, can you think of any, I mean, around of you, course. Oh yeah. around your congregation? Oh yeah. Yeah, we just, you want to know something crazy, bro? So we were up here on Sunday. Um, I was actually up on here doing, I was playing a little little bass box thing. Sure. And, uh, but my sister was leading worship, brother, and we did some healing. And it's the first, I'm not trying to call out my church or anything, but it's the first healing that we've done since I've like been a Amen. part of this church. Amen. And, brother, it was so powerful. The spirit was moving. Like, it was, you know when you just feel it, like the heaviness of like, like you said earlier, it's thick in here. Like, dude. It, that's what it was, and it was like, bro, the Holy Spirit is moving. And you could tell, like, some people, it was the first time they'd ever seen it, right? But it's like, bro, going forward, the Spirit is only going to get higher in here. Like, He's only going to use us, Yeah, you know? But it's I will crazy. say this about the Holy Spirit, that I, one thing that I've kind of learned, and, and I don't remember where the teaching maybe have can't come from, or maybe I, uh, the Lord revealed it to me in prayer, but I remember the Holy Spirit's often referred to or represented by a dove. I mean, if you know anything about doves, Doves are extremely particular about where they nest yeah, and yeah. reproduce. Yeah. Like for them to habitate an area, it has to be ideal. And so there are like, it's not any coincidence that the dove is represented as the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can rest on a place for a moment. It can come when it's summoned to this altar and it can leave. If this, if this house, any house, meaning your temple of your body or your church, or any worldly, you know, yep. um, location. Physical house, physical. Is yeah, not fit to host and home the Holy Spirit. It cannot stay. It can visit, but it cannot stay. Mm. Wow. That's huge, dude. So, that's, wow. so that's awesome that that happened. But it's like, yeah, again, the Holy Spirit requires a fight or flight response. So you, you will find that when the Holy Spirit starts to do its thing, there will be pushback. Yep. There will be conflict. There will be misunderstanding. That's when trust in the Lord and submission comes because he'll deal with that. He's like, I got it. I'll take yeah. this. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then <clears throat> basically just so I can get through this testimony and then we can talk about some more fun things. Um, basically what happens is I ride these coattails and I'm using the Holy Spirit like a crack pipe. That's the way I'll put it. <laughs> I'm serious, man, because yeah. I was getting words of knowledge about people. Um, if we do this again, I'll tell you some I'll just talk. We're going to do, maybe I think uh, oh, yeah. if you're cool with this, I'm going to speak about, I'm going to speak into the future right of now. I think we're going to do a podcast about the Holy Spirit and about some that. of the, just the testimonies of what the Holy Spirit, I've seen the Holy Spirit do. Um, and then cautions with it on how to, how to not grieve it hmm. and how to, um, how to host it and how to see it as the friend and the helper and the, the part of the Trinity that it is. It deserves the respect and honor that Jesus Christ and the Father reserve as well because they're a Trinity, right? Yep, right. And so, anyway, so what happens is because of this lack of um, foundation in my relationship with Christ and my peers, 
Um, I decide to get in a relationship that is not, again, I get in another relationship because this little wound in the broken little boy has not healed yet. It's a validation. I never gave it to God. I gave my life back to Christ after I did it when I was a teen, but this time I had a contingency. Lord, you're going to give me the girl back. Yep. I'm going to give you my life. Yeah. Um, you know. It's kind of a trade-off. You're like, hey, I get this. I mean, I got clean and sober, everything. Yeah. Like, I was clean. I didn't even smoke. You know, I still, I still struggle with nicotine today. I like that, today. You, that you mentioned that. It's like, it's like, hey, if you give me this, I'll give, I'll do this for you. It's like, why God, would you want to do that exactly. with so with a God who has greater things for you exactly. than your mind can can even pour, like perceive? You cannot imagine right. what He has for you. It's like God's, He doesn't want you to. It's not a trade off. He's like, dude, just give me everything. It's like son, daughter. I there's no trade off. It's just you just surrender to me. That's it. That's give all me, He wants. Give, give me you. back what was never yours in the first place. Ooh. Say that. Can you say that one more time? Give me back Ooh. what I gave you freely. It was never yours. Amen. You know, people say, my body, my choice. People say, you know, like, what about me? Why God? Yeah. Why? You yeah. wouldn't be here. It's not even your choice. not your call. Yeah. And he loves you. So don't think he's this wrath. I mean, he can bring some, he can bring the house down. But do not think that he's out here saying, well, I'm not real happy with Sam right now. Boom! That's not how he works, man. He, if you feel that the Lord is not, um, if he's upset with you, it's a projection of the darkness in your heart. Mm. Because the truth is, is he is watching you cry and crying with you. Yeah. Exactly right. He is watching you desire and wanting to give you Everything that he's, he, people always think the Lord changed me. And like at church, we just talked about the other day, he doesn't change people. He's restoring you back to created value. Yes. He's pulling pieces off Amen. that were never supposed to be on and putting the clean item back where it belongs. Yep. Bro, and in the book that we He's were, washing the inside of the cup, Sam. Yeah. Bro, dude, oh my gosh. That's crazy that you just said that. Bro, the book that we're reading, and Drake can attest to this too in the back. Dude. The book that we are reading is literally saying what you're saying. It was like, it was like, you What's, never. What book is this? It's called Becoming a King. Oh, uh, Morgan it's Snyder. in the back of your car. I want to read it. Yeah, I've been telling yes, him I need to borrow yes. it when he's done with it. Dude, it goes right along with what you're saying. It's like, hey, you weren't, you, you're not this. Like, we're restoring you to what you were once you, once you, once you, once you were. Like, you're not tainted goods. He's not changing yeah, you. Exactly. He's just breaking off the crap the enemy's you. been putting on exactly. you since you were born. The minute you took a godly breath, the enemy said, uh-uh, I hate Amen. him. I gotta mess. And the devil doesn't hate you. He hates God. He hates That's God. why he messes with you because you're yeah. his prize. Yeah. Okay, let's we're, get it we're right. Everything, we are everything that the devil couldn't be, right? We are so we talked about this. loved by God and devil hates that he can't be that. And he wants to kill us and destroy us. Well, he has, he has no play against the Lord. The Lord's all-powerful. So the only thing he can do is try to destroy his creation. Yeah. And the, yep. best, and the thing he does to destroy his creation is he brings deception, um, self-loathing. He isolates. Um, That's a I, huge He isolates you and lies to you repetitively and makes you ruminate on things so that you lose your identity. Because what, Sam Steffen and Weston Jones are great names, but they absolutely mean nothing. Nothing. We're just sons. Absolute zero. Yep. We're just sons, and that's where things matter. I mean, deny yourself daily and pick up your cross and follow Jesus. I mean, the heart of sin is in the ego in of the man. Ego. Yes, bro, and that's the biggest thing for, for me and for, I'm sure for so many other people. You get It's so easy to get caught up in the me, 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 and it's like, dude, what do I, I don't have, like, like, I'm a son of God, bro. Do not like, the, Sam Steffen means nothing. The keep it on the, our podcast means nothing. Are you nothing. not more important than the birds yes. of the air? Are you not more right. valuable than the birds of the air? Why are you so like self-focused? Yeah, 
And I get that. I mean, I'm, don't don't get me out. I'm not some saint, you guys. I mean, I wake up every day with my head comes off the pillow, a selfish head. But if I if I'm smart, I give the Lord my first everything every day, and it seems to work out pretty good. <laughs> right. I can come and do this. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I fall because I get in this relationship, and this relationship is sexually immoral, and uh, I'm unfaithful. She's unfaithful. Uh, we're in and out of each other's lives, constantly fighting. And it robs my soul again. I, I mean, it totally dominates my soul to the point where, like, I'm not even looking at God. I begin drinking again. And now I became an alcoholic. Now I wasn't, like, I drank to medicate in the midway. You know, it was recreation. Mm. Then it was just like, oh, I'm upset, so I'm just going to be drunk. Now it was, I have to drink. Yeah. And then I started getting so drunk. You know, I got an OWI and got arrested. Um, I lost all my jobs. I became in debt. Um, and I was so drunk all the time that I was kind of not really with it. And so I found cocaine again. I remember, oh, yeah, that stuff really picks you up and really like, I mean, if anybody, if you're taking Adderall for college or school, get off that crap right now because that's an amphetamine. And I don't care what you say or what your doctor says. It's demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the cocaine, what it would do is it would bring me kind of back because I'd be, you know, sloppy. Yeah. And it would like, yeah. you know, that was my logic. That was my earthly stupid logic. And so then I got to the point where I would go in and have a few beers and start catching a buzz. And I'd say, hey, this ain't cutting it. Where's the other thing? Yeah. yeah. I became a drug addict. I never, I mean, watching my father growing up, I never, I was never going to do drugs. You always, it's, and it's probably like the, my, oh, I, mean, I can't, be, I, I'll never do this. Greg and my mom this. met in Alcoholics Anonymous. They were sober for 18 years. Mm. I never saw alcohol till I was in middle school at yeah. other people's houses. Right. I became everything I said I was never going to be because the enemy, because the enemy, because the enemy played on my victimhood, my broken heart, my, and it's my, 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 my my broken heart, my, so now I've identified not with the sonship that God called me to because nobody ever came along and actually, you know, even the churches I went to, nobody came and told me the Lord wants to heal your heart through the Holy Spirit and bring you back to your creative value and your sonship. It was all, you're a sinner. You need to, you need to give uh, your life to Christ and get washed of your sins so you can go into heaven. My goodness, can I just say this? Hold on, hold on. Can I just say this? Jesus is our king. Like, and the most glorious thing in the world, like that light right there is driving me nuts from how bright yeah. it is. And I couldn't look at, I can look at that. I couldn't even look at the sun. He's so bright. Yeah. And you want to put him in the box where you tell me Jesus came and he died for your sins so you can get into heaven. Now, I'm not saying that's not true, but that is like the last thing. That is the byproduct of what really went down. Because if you want to know the truth, and Todd White and Dan Muller are good people to go to to hear this. If Jesus just died on the cross so that you could get into heaven, then I guess you might as well spend the rest of your life saying, well, to heaven with me and to hell with the world. Yeah. That is the most egotistical, selfish garbage I've ever heard. He died on the cross so that heaven could get back into you while you're here and you could manifest love everywhere you go. You could get right there. He would love first. That's what Jesus would do. That's the answer, bro. But that's what I'm saying is, but you're saying, well, well, what about me? What? It's like this. It's like, no, the Lord comes and washes you away of your sin, which means it washes away your ego, which washes away your self-ego feed, which makes it so that you get free of Weston. I'm free of me, so I'm free of your opinion of me. I have no right to take offense against anything you say about me because I'm rooted in my sonship. If you come at me nasty, I see the spirit in the unseen realm that is trying to operate in you, but I see you for who you are as a son of God, and instead 
instead, I speak life into you and say, hey, man, when you woke up this morning, I know that's not who you wanted to be. You're a son of God. I'm going to pray for you. I love you. I'd hug you. You probably punch, if someone wants to punch me in the face, I might try to hug him. I'm an idiot. You know, but love, I'm just saying, he did not just die for that. He wants, so much more. He, he, he wants to equip you, ignite the fire in your spirit so that you can go get more souls alongside of this and bring home so we can go home. Yeah. This is not our home. This is not it. Yeah. Not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this in world. In this, oh, okay. Forget my testimony for now. We'll touch yeah. on it. I just yeah. gave my life back to Christ in October. I'm getting married in May. Amen. Um, Can I just say something too? I just want to talk a, a quick story about you, bro. And this is recent. This is like, this just happened the last time or last couple times we were together. So, bro, then the thing that it, it like, it helps my faith because I see your faith and it's like, dude, like the spirit is so good. Like God is so good, bro. So we are playing basketball, and you get hurt. You roll your ankle really badly, right? Super bad. Super bad. How, saying, how is it, by the way? Um, is it healing? Uh, Dre can attest to this. <laughs> I walked on it the night it happened into church. Um, it wasn't healed. Josh saw you, too, and he was like, after later that night, Josh saw you. He's like, dude, he was trying to walk on it. He was. <laughs> I went. We went over there because yeah. we were praying with somebody. Yeah. Um, I truly believe that the, the healing process of this ankle was, was quickened by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Dre, can you attest to that? Amen. 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 But so, Come yeah, on. so we're sitting in the ER, right? And we go in there and I'm, I'm going to say I'm naturally introverted, right? That's who I am. And so we get in there and there's probably 10 people, 10 strangers in the ER. And we had been sitting there for five minutes just waiting for you to go get checked out. Right. And you're sitting there in the wheelchair. I'm just sitting there. We're just talking and bro, within five minutes of being there, you were talking, you have talked to every single person in the room, but not just talked. You've also started including like, Jesus, you're telling people about God. You're, you're being a witness, bro. You're giving your testimony. There was one chick that you had said, you actually, you actually knew her. You guys had met before and you're just like, at the bar. Yeah. I met her. I used to see her at the bar. And you're just like, bro, the Holy Spirit's so good, dude. Like to me, I don't know. That left something on me, bro. That was like, dude, it happened more when I got back in the that's not me. Like, I got yeah, a, a busted ankle. Spirit, right. I found joy in my pain. I mean, Caden poured oil on the ankle yeah, and pulled the yeah, sock up and yeah. prayed over me. And it was like, from the minute you started, I mean, the ride there was a little rough. But as soon as we got in, it was just like, grace. It was love. You could just feel it. Like, dude, that's how good our God. I mean, that's I prayed for serve, two bro. nurses, man. Did you? Yeah. 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 You know, it's like, and she's like, how are you so positive? And I say, because I have something. I have something in and me. I, and he wants to put it in you. You know, not in a perverse way. Like, he wants to, he wants to heal that thing inside of you. Yeah. Listener. He knows. knows. Listener out there, he wants to heal that in you. And all it takes is a surrender of your heart. Hand it over to him. It's his. And he'll do nothing. He'll take such good care of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that was, I, I did want to mention that sometimes, so I'm glad I, I got to mention that, but bro, it's like the Holy Spirit, it just, and even in the last couple of months I've noticed, it's the Holy Spirit moves so, he just does what he wants, right? It's like, we, we put it in all these boxes, we try to do all this stuff and all this religion, right? And it, the Holy Spirit and God is just like, no, no, like I'm going to do what I do, and, and, and he moves, and when you, and like you said, when you surrender, when you fully surrender to the Spirit and to God, bro, you see things and you things happen that you would have never expected for yourself, right? Like things just happen and dude, it's it's all gracious and it's love and you 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 suddenly feel 
confidence to go do something, to go help someone, to go speak to somebody, right? Mm. And I can see that in you. You went to the people. You talked to every single person in there. You didn't, you didn't know any of them. My life sucks if this isn't what it is. Right. Like, yeah. there's not an amount of, like, riches or yeah. women or, I mean, I got and, one and she's amazing. And I'll talk about that too, bro. Like, and you said earlier, you were doing the things of the world. Here's the thing. The things of the world, can, they are fun, right? Like, sometimes they are fun and we don't realize it in the moment. So, you know why it changes, though? This is why when I went back to my sinful life, I went back, like Simon Peter goes back to mm. fishing yeah. after, because he wasn't at the crucifixion. Right. He denied the Lord three times. You know, I see so much of my testimony lines up with Simon Peter, but <laughs> God's hand and favor was on my life when I was naive in my sin. Now, yeah, as you say, the devil can bless you, but I, I mean, I'm not, I don't have enough discernment to tell you if it was the Lord just to protecting me and yeah. allowing it, yeah. or if it was the enemy saying, no, nah, feed it, feed it. I don't know. Forget that. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, when I went back, all that was gone. The fun? The addiction found mm-hmm. me. The alcoholism found me. I couldn't entice women the way I could before. In fact, uh, it got darker. Like my sexual uh, sin was darker. Um, I was very depressed. I wasn't a rock star anymore. I was poverty stricken. The Lord, let's talk about the Lord a little bit here. Let's talk about how this works according to scripture, not according to Weston. Don't take, what Darren say? Don't take my word for it. Take the word for it. So, how do I want to say this? Okay, so God has his hand on my life and my naive sin. So Weston's doing what Weston wants. God's covering it, saying he does forgive him for he does not know what he does. Breakthrough happens. The glory of God falls on Weston. Weston has now tasted and seen that the Lord is good and then chosen to go back to the lifestyle because he didn't get his way. Now the Lord says, son, I can't. You chose. I have to allow you free will. I have to pull my favor off. It's yours, but you can't have it when you choose not to. And then for everyone out there who's been church hurt, I'm going to say first and foremost, the people I'm talking about, number one right now, get over yourself. I'm sorry not to be tender and loving. I am. I have grace for you. I love you, but I, I want to attack that, that spirit in you that's not correct because it doesn't come from up. It comes from down. Your church hurt because you went to church looking for recognition or looking for a status. I've done this. Or... You put your faith in man, not in God. You're supposed to go to church to fellowship with the believers in the house of the Lord. But when you're outside of the church, you better make sure your relationship with God is right. Otherwise, you'll come here and put your faith in people or want to be seen. Well, he sees you all the time. Shouldn't that be good enough? So anyway, this is more. This first off, this podcast has become more than I thought it was going to be. Amen. Um, It says that, first and foremost, it says that the Lord knocks on the door of our hearts, basically, it's consistent. Knocks at the door of our hearts consistently, and if we answer, he will come in and dine with us. That's a pretty gentlemanly way for an all-power, all-encompassing God to handle our relationship. You know, if I was, you know, if your dad wants to come, do you live with your parents? Can you imagine if you had an apartment in town, do you think your dad would knock and wait at your door until right. you come and answer it? Or do you right. think if he knew you were home and he was coming yeah. over, he would knock maybe even then just come just in? Come in. Yep. God wouldn't do that. He'll never leave, though. He'll stand and knock forever. 
Whether you answer or not is up to you. And people say that are church hurt, people who are that don't want or want to run from God and want to find reasons to disbelief. They you know they want to live in their unbelief. Will say, uh, "Well, if he's so powerful, why would he bake it that way? Why wouldn't he just snap his fingers and make it happen?" Well, because God is God is love. And in Philippians, is it Philippians or is it Philippians? Uh, I'm so sorry, you guys. I really should read my Bible more, and I will because of this, because I'm not going to come on here and sound like an idiot again. Um, Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not self-serving. It doesn't envy. All these things. And it's said at every wedding ever. And my grandparents were married for 60-plus years. And, you know, for milliseconds, at least while I was alive, I ever really saw them encapsulate that type of love it's not a thing that a human can consistently do so I kind of reading that kind of had this um like the Lord spoke to my heart and said maybe Weston it's not how you're supposed to love I mean yes strive for it strive for the narrow gate try to love like that uh, pursue holiness but what if I'm telling you who love is I'm telling you who I am son and because I am patient and I am kind, and I'm not self-serving. I don't seek my own gain. So I'll knock at your door always. I'll never leave your door. Yeah. You got to answer it because I'm not going to make you because I love you. Because that's love. That is love. If you tell somebody Amen. you love them so that you can hear it back, that's not love. You tell them you love them because you love them. It's an outward. It has nothing to do with what's received. Love is a free gift because it comes from the free gift. Amen. Yeah. So understand that first and foremost. And so he knocked at the door of my heart, but I chose to walk out of the arms of love. So he didn't have a choice. I took away the one thing, you know, and I became an addict. I became, mm-hmm. and I finally, you know, I gave my life to Christ now. I would say now I really have because I pray hard prayers every day. Like, Lord, search me. Find that little thing in the back that's hiding that needs to get out. Uh you know, Lord, uh, if there's anything that it's not for me, around me, in me, anything, it's got to go. It's gotta go. Even the little thing I don't want to let go of, you got to get, get it out of me. Like cigarettes, you know, I just got, I'm like smoking like old, like the black and milds. I'm like mm. puffing like one or two of those a week trying to just like, it's like, dude, just let, let it go. Mm. You know, but I, I don't, you know, I'll be honest with you, am I only doing it because I don't want to. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of like things I'm working out of me now. Yeah. You know, I was, I came out of drug. I mean, these were big, like huge mountains, you know, and now it's just like, okay, tweak it. But it's like, he, if he can trust you with little, he can trust you with that's much. So it's like, you'd be just like the enemy to get you focused on a cigar. Like, this is what we need to work on. And he's like, well, what about your unforgiveness for your brother or your unforgiveness mm. for the guy that's down the street or the guy you got in the scrape with mm. three years ago? What about that unforgiveness that slipped into the back of time that never got dealt never with? Got you know, Christians want to believe they don't need to go through deliverance ministry, but I promise you deliverance is a lifestyle in the walk with God. Yeah. Because life's coming. It's always coming. Yep. There's nothing you can do. This enemy, and I'm t- I hate this scripture because it glorifies him in a way like he's super powerful because really he's a little slithering turd. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it says he roams the earth like a lion, a lion searching for whom he can devour. And people get hung up on the, like, ooh, whom he can devour. Whom he can devour. Which on the backside of that hand is, that means there's folks he, he can't. can't. He can't devour. So you, why don't you tap and focus on, okay, how do I become that? Well, I become the person he can't get. it's an ABC. One, two, three. 
That's the order. Surrender to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee flee from you. In that order, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. A lot of people want to, I rebuke the devil. It's got to go. But I have secret sin, and I have all this stuff that I want to do in my own flesh and ego. And and the enemy's like, oh, really? (laughs) And God's like, oh, man, come on, son. (laughs) Submit to God. Resist the enemy. And he has no choice but to flee. Amen. Okay. Bro, that is amazing. Submit. Give it up. That is a word right there. So So, can I ask you, if there, kind of just going back to your testimony quick, from your whole testimony, if there is one thing for somebody that is listening, like if there is anything that they can pick up, what is, what do you want them to hear from your testimony? Like what, what are they, what's the message? There's a lot of flavor and color and, and, you know, intricacy in this story, but the truth is, is it's very simplistic. You were created to walk with him and be with him in relationship. You are in the world. You are created to be in the world and not of the world. And even when you give your life to Christ and you begin to walk this out, you will start telling yourself things like, yes, I'll have make time for God, but right now I need to worry about my job, my future, my girlfriend or boyfriend, my finances, my worldly, worldly, world, world stuff that's in the world of the world that I'm living in truly. Because now I've become of the world and not yeah. in it and out of it. You know, right. You're now in it again. Yeah. It's him. Mm. It's that simple. You get to live under the, 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 the he's the shaded tree in the scorching desert. And that's where you live your life. That's where you fight your battles. You live your life here. And all that other stuff. I mean, that's scripture. Right? Right. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Which means you don't seek sin. You don't keep sin for yourself. You seek him and ask him for his righteousness. Lord, I want to look like you. Lord, I want to be like you. He, we, you were made in his image. So you might want to figure out what that means. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else. All your desires, all your worries, they're all added to you. Because worrying doesn't add a single second to your life. So quit trying to do, here's what I'll say, give up. Quit trying to do everything on your own. Quit trying to do it your way. Give it up to Yahweh, please. And you will find that your life will have more purpose. You will be able to love the people you want to love. You'll be able to love the people you don't want to love. You'll be able to forgive your parents for their mistakes. You'll learn how to not become that. You'll learn how to become a victor and not a victim. You'll learn how to become invincible to the hell that's in this world, and you'll find a way to crush it for a living, as Todd White would say. Bro, and I can speak from personal experience. I'm sure you can, too. The harder you try, the, the worse it gets, right? The, the more that you actively try in your own flesh to be like i'm gonna make this right i'm gonna do this and this and you this. know what josh called it the other day what it's like squeezing a wet bar of soap <laughs> yeah i mean that's a, that's a great reference that's you can't hold it. it you can't it's gone right give it up it slips right out falls give right up let it go so Sub- I tell that's, the, that's in your submission to the father you so i want to tell the fence story yes can we please this is amazing and so this is really for this is for somebody who I used to think I was a good guy. 
then good people are in hell. That's it. That's true. Because when God comes back for his bride and leaves, he will take the doors that were opened that received the invitation. It's not that he doesn't want to take everybody. Free will is a son of a gun. And so I want to tell this story to the young man or woman who views themselves as good, thinks that they can sit and be the judge of life instead of letting the judge be the judge, that thinks they're good and likes the idea of God and has given their life to Christ, but maybe isn't living their life under the shade of God that is walking in secret sin or open sin, that is not on fire for Jesus Christ, that maybe has fallen into being lukewarm. Because you know what the Lord said to me recently? I was, I was praying against lukewarmness. Again, I was praying against uh, certain denominations mm. and people I had on my mind. Religion, I was yeah. speaking their name out. And the Lord said, son, I'm not talking about them. He said, where do you think you're good now? Where do you think we figured it out and you don't need me anymore? Because that is where you're lukewarm. There is, a not, there is not an area in you that I'm not constantly doing a work in. Like, this Bible is full Bible, on fire, 100%, 365. It goes around and around. There is no days off. It's not, you're not living right if you're doing that. So I want to tell you this story. And if I remember correctly, I, th- I know I heard this story from Todd White. But I want to say, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, that a member of the band Korn, which have all given their lives to Christ, which is a very heavy metal uh, band that I listened to growing up, um, I really liked them when I was a kid. I was very pain-stricken, so I loved their music. <laughs> um, and this story is about how one of the members, from what I remember, was being witnessed to by a friend that was a Christian. And he was hearing it as a nice idea, but wasn't really buying in. He was like, sure, okay. And they said a prayer, and he went home. And he has a dream that night, and this is the dream. He comes to, and he's standing along a fence that it goes as far as the eye can see across a very green pasture. It's just blue skies. I mean, envision this with me, please. A wooden, wood, I see a wood post fence out in the middle of nowhere down a green pasture. The pasture goes as far as the eye can see, right to left is a blue sky. And about 100 yards, a football field away, is a mass of people, say 50, 100, I don't know, whatever your mind wants to envision. And as he is watching this, this man is an introvert. Sorry if I'm away from the mic. This man is an introvert, okay? So he doesn't go and join the mass to see what's going on. What he chooses to do is sit there alongside this fence post and watch it and kind of observe what is taking place. And as he watches this, what comes from the right first is clearly Jesus. And he's, he's got a, a beautiful light to him, a glow, a, a fluorescence, if you will. Um, he's beautiful. You know, he was like, wow. You know, he was, even though he's in awe, he stays on this fence post. And Jesus comes and he begins speaking to the mass that's along the fence line. And some start to come over the fence to hear what he has to say. And some start moving closer to him. And he starts to speak. And out of the left comes another man. Now he doesn't have horns and a tail and a pitchfork. He's in a black suit. And he's good looking. Sharp dressed. Okay. And he comes and he begins to speak about the fallacy that is in Jesus and how he's more wise and he comes to to persuade the people. 
and some that jumped over the fence to the other side actually come back onto his side. Mm-hmm. And then he actually has more of a mass of people with him than Jesus has now. And before long, both parties leave with what they can, and there's nobody left there. So he's sitting there pondering, what did I just watch? And just as in his, in his, like, you know, his mind in this dream, he's like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm going to see what else is going on, right? Because he doesn't know he's dreaming. The man from the left returns and walks up to him and says, hey, man, what's up? You ready to go? And he goes, what? What do you mean, ready to go? He goes, oh, you're coming with me. And he goes, well, I didn't choose him, and I certainly didn't choose you. And he goes, bro, that's okay. I own the fence. In or out. The Holy Spirit requires fight or flight. Get in or get out. Bro, that is, that is, that's a message right there. I mean, to anybody who's dealing with that, they're on the edge. Get in. It's like get in or get out, right? Because he owns the, he owns the the middle, he owns the middle ground too. It's all, it's all in or all out. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So I just want to thank you for having me on, man, yeah. and I look forward to the next one. We'll definitely do a part two and a part um, three. And who? And I will say this. I get kind of, uh, I know I get pretty passionate about what I say. I don't have it all figured out. Thank God he does. Um, but I'm not in judgment to anybody out there, too. I just want to say that. I want to say that everything that I spoke will forever minister to my heart. I mean, there wasn't a word that I gave tonight or shared tonight that can't be applicable to my life. So yeah. this is a, a brotherhood, a sisterhood under the most high, and we need to hold each other accountable with love and forgiveness. And we need to not have a tolerance for uh, things of hell, man. Yeah. it's The times are changing. It's hyper-focused on, on darkness, and they're, they're the trying to make darkness. it look like light. You know, And it says in the end, uh, good will be called evil, and evil will be yes. called good, and you're watching that play out in front of it's us. It's happening right in front of you. If you don't see it, it it's there. So right? I just want to uh, maybe we could just close out in prayer. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I do want to say before we pray is like, again, like we said, we are nobody special, right? No. We are just, I'm Sam, he's Weston. That, main, that name means nothing. We are sons of God. God uses us. The Holy Spirit speaks through He'll us. He'll use anybody. Yeah. Submit, surrender. If you got cre- that faith. Surrender creates an evangelist. There are Oh, he's an evangelist. Oh, she's an evangelist. Yes. Or, that he's, or it's like he can heal or he can do this. <coughs> nah, anybody can. Yeah. I mean, some people, there is gifting and there is anointing for certain facets. You right. know, I know now, especially because of the walk that I've taken in life, that I'm going to be able to reach into some areas that, you know, maybe some people don't want to get their hands that dirty. You know, yeah. I get to go into those places and do maybe that. make a difference. Yeah. Um, and he will equip that way, but he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called, that's for sure. But what I would say is this, is you'll never know what, how God can truly use you until you surrender your life. Because I did have people come and try to talk, you know, minister or uh, witness to me that weren't walking in the Holy Spirit. They mm-hmm. just had given their life to Christ so they could go to heaven, so they could go to, heaven. to feel good about themselves on Sunday and, uh, and live like hell Monday through Saturday. And uh, those people never even touched my heart. They upset my flesh. <laughs> you know, they never, because that's what needs to happen. There has to be a piercing of the heart so the stony heart can become flesh again, right? Yep. And so um, if you are not spoken to by the Lord to share with somebody, if you're not walking with the Lord daily, if you are not 
seated at his throne room in your secret place at home, just getting eating off the word of God and getting poured into because a heavenly cup overflows. It's never full. It overflows. If you are not operating in that, I do not believe you are in the place to witness to non-believers. You are not in the place to try to heal somebody. I'm not saying don't try, but I'm saying when it doesn't work out well, don't blame others. Don't blame their unbelief. Don't blame God. Go get on your knees and surrender. And ask for the fire of the Holy Spirit to come. Yes, bro. Amen. And you'll see a magnificent change. Amen. Well, yeah, let's, let's end in prayer. Yeah. And you go yeah, ahead. Recap a great episode. I'm going to take off my hat here. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this episode. Um, we thank you for Weston and his, his wanting to come on here, Lord. And we just thank you for everything that you've used through us tonight, Lord. Um, we pray for anybody that is listening to this episode, Lord, that they would hear you and not us. They would feel your love yeah. and not anything that yeah. we might have to offer, but it's all you, Jesus Christ. It's all you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I pray that you would touch people, Lord. I feel that you are touching people, that you are going to touch people who are watching this, Lord. I feel that you are working through us, through other people, and uh, we just pray that you would continue to do that, Lord. We invite your spirit here. Yes. And we pray that this just reaches anybody who needs this, Lord, It just it just touches people, Lord, and they feel you uh, yeah. through this video, Lord. And we pray that um, in the future that we can do this again, Lord, and we can just continue to glorify your name. Nothing yeah. of us, not our own will, yeah. but uh, your will be done. So, Lord, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, and we just, uh, we give you we give you all the praise. Yes, God. Lord. You are worthy. Thank Father you, God, I, Father God, I thank you for Brother Sam. I lift him up to you, Father God, that you would anoint his head with heavenly oil that you would take this podcast and that you would do something with it that is heavenly, whatever it looks like. Lord, uh, bring us to a state of ultimate surrender, Father God. And Lord, I just ask that we can walk in a purpose of you and die to our flesh daily, Lord. I ask for you to search us, to pierce our hearts. We put your name on high and we exalt you. I thank you for your Father's heart. I know that you are the still voice, Father God. When I close my eyes at night, I miss you, even though you're right there. Thank you for being here with us tonight, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it.